Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just praise him. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. We don't mind the rain because the rain cleans. It cleanses and washes away the dirt. Let the latter rain be greater than the former in the name of Jesus right now. Father, we just thank you for this day. We just thank you and we just praise you. We're going to glorify your holy name. Lord, Father, we thank you because you are our Father. We are your children, O oh God, your sons and daughters, O oh Lord. So we come before our, you, our Father, our Abba Father, Lord. Father, saying thank you, Lord, Father, for the breath, Father, God, that you give us, Lord. Father, for waking us up, that we're able to stand up, get up, and move, Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus right now. Father, let me thank you for a new beginning, new blessings, O oh God, a fresh anointing, Lord. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We're going to glorify you. Lord, we ask, but we know, Father God, as far as the east is from the west, you forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, O oh God. Therefore, you, there is a cleansing that you're taking place within us, O oh God. There's a cleansing, Father God. We ask, Lord, Father, that our worship and praise may not be hindered in any way. Forgive us, Father God, for any transgression against your Holy Spirit. Forgive us, Lord, Father, right now, if there's anything within us within that we may have said or spoken, O oh God. Father, intentionally or unintentionally, oh God, Lord, forgive us right now because we know we can be forgiven, Lord. Father, when we come to you, Father, we can ask, Lord, Father, and we thank you, Lord. Father, forgive us because we want to walk, walk Father, our, we want our steps to be ordered by you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to read from Psalm 34 where it says, the happiness of those who trust in the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears, all my fears. Oh, praise. They looked to him with radiance and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. God hears you when you cry out. He hears you in the name of Jesus and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps about all those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Fear the Lord, reverence the Lord, all you saints. There is no want to those who fear. There is no lack in those who fear. There is no. He supplies all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus right now. Father, though the young, there is no want to those who fear. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord, those who seek the Lord, shall not lack any good thing. Hallelujah. But those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life? Who loves many days and that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from seeking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, the Lord hears, and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and saves such that have a contrite heart. 
Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He delivers you out of it all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. That is the word of the Lord. We trust the happiness is those who trust in you, Lord. Father, we rejoice because, Lord, Father, our trust and our hope is in you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just glorify you right now. Lord, Father, overwhelm us with your presence today, Lord. Overwhelm us with your glory, Father. We want your glory. We want your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place right now. We welcome you in right now in the name of Jesus. Do a work in us and through us, Lord, Father. You have placed giftings within us, Lord. Use it for your glory, hallelujah. Use us for your glory, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the worship. Lord, Father, you have called Joshua to put the worshipers up in front before the battle. And when they went before the battle around the walls of Jericho, the walls came down because the worship went up. The walls came down because the worship went up. The walls came down because the worship went up. Father, in the name of Jesus, the walls are going to come down in the name of Jesus. We declare and decree right now, those walls, the chains are being broken. Healing walls, walls, Father, walls of unbelief, walls of pride are coming down in the name of Jesus because we raise up a praise unto you. Father, we ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon the worship team right now. Angels of the Lord to sing with us right now. Let the voices of angels be heard in this place right now. Father, let your heavenly host rejoice with us, Lord. Father, because we're going to praise you. We're going to glorify you. We're going to give you all the glory and honor right now in the name of Jesus. Worship him, people. Worship him. Even online, worship him in your home. Worship him in your home. The anointing of God will flow into your homes as you raise your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. Praise him right now. Praise him. Hallelujah. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Calvary Christian Fellowship. Good morning. Good morning. And those that are watching, hallelujah. Good morning to all. Hallelujah. Well, you know why we're here, right? To praise God. So let's open up our mouth. Come on. Hallelujah. God, you can move the highest mountain.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can we sing the bridge again? Glory. Yes. Can we do the bridge again?
Isn't God amazing? I mean, think about it. Isn't God amazing? I mean, who would suffer and go to the cross for an unbelieving world? Who would do that? Who would do that? Think about it. 2,000 years ago, who would do that? My God. I just want to welcome everyone here. How's everybody doing? Good? Good? You should be jumping in your seats. You woke up, you could be dead, right? And you know, you just have to praise God, man. You know, I mean, listen, you could be in the worst place on the planet, but there's a king who died for us. A king. So as I present the offering, so I'm, there's a couple of scripture I'm gonna go through here because like I said, listen, you know, we, we, we can do this every, every uh, Sunday, Friday, but we need to understand the, uh, ah, wow, uh, we need to understand the importance of what we're doing. So Malachi, we all know Malachi three, uh, chapter 3, uh, 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there, will be, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. So, so God is testing us. He's saying, listen, 
I'm here to, you know, to prove what I'm saying is true. Says to the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates. And if you haven't seen a floodgate, mm -mm, there's a flood coming through. The floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to store it. So when we give our tithes and offerings, we're putting God first in our lives. We know that, right? Because, you know, even in, in what we may have or we may have little of, everything is because he is given, in, given to us, right? So we acknowledge him as the Lord of our lives and everything that we have. This pleases God and he blesses us in return. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 7, each man, and I'll add woman, you know, because man, we're talking about mankind. So each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly on the compulsion. God does not force us to give, but there is a principle in that. It's a great principle in that. It's for God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give because, you know, man, man I got to give, I got to give. And no, no, that's not good. That's not the heart of God, you know. When we give, we should do it willingly and cheerfully, right? So God loves it when we, are, we give generously from the willing heart, and we should never be grudgingly or out of a sense of duty. Because sometimes we do this out of a sense of duty. Come on. You know, like, okay, like, you know, when I was in the, in, in, in the, uh, the Catholic Church, we passed the plate. And we do this, and it's almost like, you know, we do this expectantly like it's a, 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 a something that it's a duty. No, it should be more than that. More than that. So God wants us to give because we want to, not because we have to. So second, so so in Second Corinthians chapter eight, twelve. For it is, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to one has, not according to what does one who doesn't have. Right. So it's not about how much we give, but the attitude in our hearts. Because even the widow who came up there to the temple who was giving the, people were coming up there and they were giving the, um, you know, their taxes and all that. And it's easy to give from an abundance. So, you know, you're up there and you know, everyone's up there. Of course, Jesus is there with his disciples. But every time when Jesus shows up with his disciples or, or he's on a mission, it's actually a teaching. It's a teaching moment. It's a learning curve moment. So this widow comes up there. She's as old as anything, right? And all she has is these two mites. These two mites, which is probably a fraction of what a penny is worth today. Even though the penny's not worth much anything for what it is, but she gave those last two little mites that she had. She could have bought maybe a, a couple of crumbs of bread or anything like that with her, but she gave everything because she understood the importance of giving. But it wasn't just giving to the temple, but giving what God has given to, uh, for all of us, right? So Jesus said, hey, she gave more. The apostle says, Rabbi, you must be out of your mind. These guys gave more. No, no, you don't understand. She gave it all. So, it's about what's in our hearts. So, let's rise up, all of us. Because this is an act of worship, an act of giving. So I want you to just raise your tithes and offerings and let's, let's go, I'm just going to say this prayer. So, Heavenly Father, you are the giver of all good things. And your word makes clear that every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask that you accept these gifts and use them to your glory. 
May these gifts bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. Just as you multiply the offering of the fish and loaves that were freely given for others, we pray that you will multiply these. Our offerings to you and accomplish with them more than we could ever ask or imagine. We give freely, not from compulsion, for there is nothing we could give that matches your glory and majesty. We cannot give God, people. It is, it's impossible. Right? And the gift, the great gift of your son Jesus and the Holy Spirit, which guides us daily. All we have is yours. Father, we ask that you would use us in all that we have as you will. Amen. As you are directed from the, um, for the ushers, let's give our tithes and offerings, willing from the heart. Amen.
and you all have a blessed week. God bless you all. Amen.
and um, would love to have just the coolest night ever um, playing board games. I, I don't know about you guys, but that's one of my favorite things to do. I love playing board games. And some of our kids are already getting ready. They're just getting their, their game face on. They're like, I'm really competitive, so you're gonna see. <laughs> um, and we're just like, it's gonna be all in good fun. But we just wanted to encourage you guys, it's actually gonna be taking place on the 29th of this month, which is not, um, it, actually it's this Saturday. So it's a week from yesterday. So this Saturday, and it is taking place here in the house. Amen, everybody? Everybody, it's gonna take place right back here on the side um, area, and we won't blow the surprise, but we have a very special setup for the youth for that day because um, we're going to kind of like make a little home away from home so that they can feel like they're just in uh, somebody's living room uh, having a game night, having a social night, except that it's gonna be their living room. So, um, so we've been uh, putting some, some money towards this setup because it's difficult to find places to have an event, for someone to host an event, and then like all the cleanup and everything that comes with it, being ready to receive people into your home, it's not always something easy. So what we did was we um, are purchasing things and we purchased things so that they can have this set up. So if anyone would like to contribute to that cost, please feel free. Um, you can just contribute um, uh, financially or I can also show you a list of a couple of things that we're still needing. And they're really between the $20 to $34 range um, each item. So if you see something that you like, you can also choose to, to pick that up. So please let me know after service if you have anyone that you would like to invite to this um, group and please do let me know. It's great if you show up and you bring like 10 kids, we would be so thrilled. But we do have um, our dear sister Natalie who is contributing to the food for that day. So we will need to have, yes! Give it up for Natalie. So we want to be able to give the right amount of food, amen, and have food enough for everyone and bless all the kids. And she's going to be making some delicious baked ziti and garlic bread. So please let us know if you are going to bring young people um, just so that we have a proper head count, okay? So see me after the service. Um, there's amazing things happening with our youth and we're dealing with some really, really uh, serious topics because what's happening in society today are things that are so difficult to navigate and so confusing if we don't know the word of God, amen? So a social night is the perfect night to bring in young people so that they get to know the other kids and then they can receive from the Lord. Amen? Amen. We need to train them in the way that they should go. Amen. Okay, so um, next we will um, be having the word of the Lord. Amen. So I am just going to um, invite to the stage our dear brother, um, tremendous uh, brother who brings the word of God in a way that is different and has a perspective and just an experience that is very, very specific and um, unique um, due to his background in law enforcement and uh, but yet he keeps such a demeanor it's like nothing that he has seen has destroyed his demeanor he just has such a cheerful heart unto god and that is something that is so unique amen so um we just um honor uh, the word of the lord let's just stand and receive right now our minister albonia
How are we doing? Are we good? Great, great, great. I can hear myself. Okay. It is great to be here. Um, yeah, I believe this there. I mean, you never know what you're going to need here. Let me just open my water because you know how it is. Get parched. So, we, uh, we should be excited to be here. Um, like I said, this is going to be an interesting uh, event today. So, the, the, way I, the way I want to start is that, um, that Pastor Mingle says, um, I'm on assignment. And I don't play games when I'm up here. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm a sweetheart, I'm a teddy bear and everything, but uh, those of you who know me of my past know that there's a time to where I'm going to be serious and I don't, play things, I don't play games with the things of God. Because if that's the case, then we don't need to be here. We don't need to be here. And um, like I said, many of us were used to the Barney, purple dinosaur type of, um, uh, let's see, uh, sermon. You know, I love you, you love me, and we all do a kumbaya and everything else. I'm trying to lower my voice. Uh, my lovely wife's giving me the cues and all that. And uh, I have a loud voice. I have a loud voice and all that. So um, it's, it's, you got to tone it down a bit because then that military thing comes out of me. And uh, I, I don't want to do that, you know, because, uh, you know, we're in the house of God. And let me tell you something. Um, I don't need to stir things up because the Holy Spirit does that well, better than I do. Does it better than I do. You don't have to stir a thing, you know. I, I don't need somebody to stir my water, you know. Like in the pool of Bethsaida. I don't need, I don't need all that, you know, in itself. But, um... Like I said, this is not an ice cream service, uh, Mr. Softy, or the little coquito truck at the corner right there, and it's, it's one of those messages. But I'm going to tell you something, it's going to be a great message. Uh, there's going to be a lot of ouch moments. I like ouch moments because it keeps us in line, and um, you know, it, it, God, God is, uh, listen, He's a loving God, but He's a very corrective God. And he's a very corrective God, and sometimes, you know, for all you Spanish folks up there, we sometimes we need a little papao, you know, a little, uh, as we say in, in the uh, police department, date quieto stick, you know, and everything else like that. So we need, uh, or on the southern part, you know, sometimes God takes the big switch, you know, and you know He'll switch us, but but you know something, He brings us back in line, He brings us back and forth. So I just want to start with the um, my introduction. So basically, our world has long been operating in its own self-conceived blueprint a pattern and design, a tapestry of self-worship, greed, anger, jealousy, materialism, and dishonest patterns woven together in leading us away from a lifestyle of God. Yeah? So the Apostle Paul instructs us in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 2, to no longer conform or bend in the ways of the world, but instead we are to live as transformed people. Transform people. So transformation doesn't happen by accident. It is an intentional way of daily living. As we all standing here, well, I'm just we're going to open up the word, right? So if you have your Bibles, your apps, and all that, uh, we're going to be going to Romans 12:2 because that's going to be the key verse. Yes. 
it's going to be the key verse where I'm going to be going back. And sometimes, you know how God works? God will take us back to this verse. He'll take us back to something. Sometimes he'll repeat himself three or more times because he's bringing a point. What he's saying is that rather than that you listen to the word, I mean hear the word, but I want you to listen to it. Because we all hear the word, but we don't internalize it because we don't take the time to listen and savor that daily manna bread. You know, we don't do that. So I'm going to be reading from the app and just to expand things a bit. So um, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed, <coughs> excuse me, and progressively change as you mature spiritually. That's key word, maturing spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves that the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. I'm going to pray, and um, before I pray, I just want to lift up um, Sister Carmen Gonzalez's dad, uh, Rafael Sierra. He's, ha he's, he's in his 80s. He's having a heart issue. 20% uh, of his heart is in operation. Of course, we all know the maker of the heart. God can, can do the impossible because he is the possible. He makes impossible possible. So uh, I want to lift up this... Uh, this young man, and I know he's 80, but he's still a young man in the spirit and all that. So I, I, let's lift him up to Father God. Um, and this is just a general prayer for all of us, Lord God, because I know a lot of us here are going through situations and illnesses and all that. And I'll speak a little bit more on that, Father God. So I, I, Lord God, just that, ask that you, uh, we, we, we come together in one accord to lift up the Gonzalez family, Lord God, and to lift up uh, Rafael Sierra, Lord God, uh, where he's at. Father God, just uh, touch his heart. Um, touch his body, Lord God, but uh, heal him from the inside out, Lord God. And I, I know that, the Lord God, as we age, there's always going to be situations because our, our bodies are deteriorating. And I know that, now, you know, that that's not what you came to say, Father God. But we, we come together, Lord God, because we know how precious family is, Lord God. We know that we love the people that we love. And we know that one day they're going to come into your fold, Lord God, in your kingdom, Father God. So, Father God, I just want to... Um, Set up the atmosphere, Lord God, and I uh, just want to um, open, Father God, I just pray that you open our hearts and our minds to, uh, to, to, to your understanding, Lord God. Not our understanding, but to you, Father God, so that we can receive and pour into us, Lord God. But also, but instead of pouring into us, we want you to empty us of the things that are, that are hindering us today, Father God. We want people, Father, we want to we be transformed, Father God. We want to conform to the image and likeness of you, Lord God. We want to be able to do that, Father God. We want to be able to um, leave this place a little bit uh, in, in a transformed way, Lord God. We want to leave better than we came inside here, Father God. We want to leave better than we came inside again. Better than we came inside again. So, Father God, we just lift them up. Lift us, Father God. And, um, and we say, in the name of Jesus, amen. amen. So, I like protocol because, uh, like I said, uh, God is a God of order. And um, let me keep this thing from... Huh? Yes, have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, um, I, I thank Liz, and um, I was talking to James in the back. And um, when I met my wife uh, in 1995, I was just a young cop, um, a rookie, and uh, I was given an assignment to go to the hospital because uh, we had, a, we had a, um, an aided, or we had a person who committed 
tried to commit suicide, was failed. He put a gun into his mouth and it just didn't happen the way it did. So he ends up being um, uh, Liz's uh, patient. So I'm sitting at the end and, and um, you know, you know, just a spanking green behind the ear, the rookie, but, um, and God bless you. And, you know, yeah, I was there and I didn't want to be there because, you know, it's one of those jobs that you don't really like, you know, you know but you're a rookie, you, you got to say yes, sir. Yeah, we, I understand that. And I was 32 when I got up, but the point, the main of the point is, is that, you know, I'm here babysitting this, um, this um, uh, patient, right? So he's, you know, handcuffed to a gurney. He's not going anywhere. He's all plugged in and everything and all that, so he's not going anywhere. But, huh? He was in the ICU, so when you're in the ICU, that's, that's serious business, you know, whether it's medical or surgical. Was it surgical? Surgical, so he, he, he was not, listen, the fact that he survived. But let me tell you something, so, you know, I, this is what I got this morning, and I was saying to myself, and I wanted to tell this, that, um, you know, she thought she was there for the patient, but the patient was me. Because I was going through a, a failed relationship that God was trying to prevent from happening. And this woman walks into my life, we date one day, whatever it is, and one night, and it turns into 27 years. So how, how amazing that is. How amazing that is. So before I continue, everyone has their cell phone? You know where I'm going with this, right? Please put it on vibrate. Put it on vibrate. Because these things are annoying. They're annoying. Believe me. Because they do all kinds of things. We, we, we start singing and we start getting these beep, 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 boop, boop, and all that. And, and, and it's like, okay. But I know one of you is going to say, well, I thought I put it this way. But that's okay. But I still love you to the end. So basically, I'm going to start with a story. You know, everyone likes stories. Not much for stories, but this, is, this story actually uh, works in, in where we're going with this. So here's a story of a 16-year-old Salvation Army soldier, right? And you, and you probably didn't think that, Sarve, that the Salvation Army didn't have soldiers. If you see them, it's the Salvation Army. So it's not like they don't operate like the actual military, but they're soldiers. But soldiers actually serving God. You know, when you think of what they're doing. So this 16-year-old Salvation Army soldier, one day, he's walking to church from his house to do Bible study, right? And everyone loves Bible study, right? Except when you're trying to, um, um, let's see, uh, identify the words that we can't pronounce, you know? You know? And especially when you go into the uh, King James Bible, Pastor Miguel's favorite version, because it, 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 is, it is the version, right? But of course, you know, the D's and D's, you know, some of us say, well, I don't speak the king's English, you know, but, um, but, the, but, but you know, it has a lot of uh, truth in there. Any Bible verse is great. Anyway, so in those days, those soldiers wore their uniforms to every church function. So while in route, in route to the church, and of course, we've all been there and we have different testimonies like that. Some of us are still in, uh, in denial. We're still going to trauma in, in this area. So in other words, as he was walking to church, he bumps into 12 to 15 of his own peers, right? And they were hanging out the pool hall, right? So as he had, he had to pass this every day. So as he passed there, right, he never forgot the classmates laughing and walking and all kinds of things. So they were using choice, obscene language, right? And they threw rocks at him. Imagine that. 
They threw rocks at him. You know, I mean, who does that? You know, it's like, okay, some of you probably say, where is the police? Ow, you should be out there. I'm retired, man. <laughs> I'm retired, man. But, but you know something? I, I thank God for those young men and women that are out there, Lord God, because I know what I went through, 28 and a half years of this stuff. But thank God that God, it's, you know, kept me, kept me, kept me, kept me, kept me, you know. And I remember Liz, you know, was very worried, but she knew what she was getting herself into, you know. She knew what she was getting herself into. But I love her because, uh, you know, like I said, she... Uh, she is probably a, a more, of a, more of a cop than I am, you know, so uh, uh, she is what she is. So basically, <laughs> so yeah, she is, yeah, but not, but not in the way you think and all that, and not in the way you think, but, uh, but uh, you know, we, you know, listen, you know, w- you know when, when I look at her in the mirror, I see myself, and when she looks in the mirror, she sees me, and that's the way it should be. I know, everybody said, ah, oh, yeah. So, um, so this soldier, he stood out because he didn't blend in with the crowd. He didn't blend in. And um, he didn't fit the standard and the image of what the world wants to do, you know? But he chose a different path. He chose a different path. So today... We're beginning a brand new teaching series. Yes, you should be excited, right? It's like a game show host, right? So welcome to the chameleon, right? Chameleon. In other words, do not conform, and, but be transformed, right? Of course, there is no door being door number one, door number two, door number three. Of course, some of you are too young to remember, let's make a deal, right? Not the new version, the old one, Monty Hall, Monty Hall. Do never, everybody doesn't want to get the door with the booby price. But in God's kingdom, there is no booby price. There is no booby price. You, behind his door, whoa, you better, have, you better have trucks, you better have a convoy because the stuff that he's going to give us is, you're going to need a lot. So let's talk about the chameleon. So how many people know what a chameleon is? Chameleon, right? It's a lizard and there's different species. I believe there are about over 200 uh, species of this type of lizard. And all that. But the uniqueness about this... Um, chameleon he is or it's a man has is a master of disguise right so no matter what environment you place this little chameleon right it would change its color to camouflage and disguise itself by blending and conforming adapting to its surroundings in essence just to fit in but most of these animals and I go into a little further a lot of them is just basically for protective mode and they hide because, listen, if I'm a comedian, I'm going to hide. I don't want the predator. I don't want the bigger person to eat me. But I want to hide because I got some serious flies I want to eat. Yeah, I want some. Yeah, come over here, mosquito, whatever. The bigger the bug, mm, the bigger the appetite, right? So there's a lot of things for the comedian. So, and it's just to fit in. But where do, where do we come in in terms of the comedian? So remember that one of the fundamental aspects of being a Christian believer is that we are easily exposed and identifiable when placed against the backdrop of this world. Think about it. But then a lot of us, right, this is the outro moment. We want to be super secret, ninja Christians, undercover, deep, deep, deep undercover Christians because when we are exposed, 
because your life, your, the way your lifestyle, we're going to go through this series of transformation. The more you allow God to transform you, it would allow you to conform to what he already designed in us, to be in the image and likeness of him. And that will expose us to the world. You know? We live in a society where everybody wants to be the celebrity and all that, but you know those every celebrity, what's, what's their biggest problem? Money's not their problem, right? Wealth is not their problem. It's just the exposure, exactly, exposure. They can't hide. Paparazzi everywhere. I said, oh man, I can't go. I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I made a whole bunch of movies. I can't even walk out of my house with someone sticking a, a Nikon camera in my face. And, and we want to be like that. Because we think it's cool. I'm somebody. But you never have the privacy. You never have the privacy. So as, as, as Christians, we stand out against the backdrop of the world. But we naturally stand out. We should naturally stand out. Because if you're not standing out, we have a problem. But we're going to be standing out just like that soldier. Right? So the ability to adapt to its surroundings is not uncommon for God's creatures. Just like the chameleon, there are other, there are other um, animals that he designed. Many birds, animals live living in the far north climate area um, turn snow white. Right? We're not talking about Snow White and the, uh, the dwarves and all that. But they're turning Snow White because they need to blend with the background. There's a lot of predators out there, so by blending by the color of the snow, they're able to evade capture and anything like that. So when the summer approaches, of course, the feathers, are, are, you know, there's snowy owls, a lot of different things out there. Um, it starts, they, they start to turn back to the original color. And even though with the color, they can still blend in with the, the greenery and the brown, everything, just like the Arctic fox and the snow, the snowshoe rabbit. And these are just a couple of examples. But however, the truth of it all is that many of us, we would rather blend in, conform, and adapt ourselves with the general popular crowd than to stand out alone in it. You see, a lot of us, we want to blend in. We like to hide because it's comfortable. And we have to be careful with that. So the only reason you and I were accepted was due to the person you were pretending to be. Come on, we've all been there. We've all been there. We want to be somebody we're not. Hanging out with the wrong crowd. I want to smoke the cigarette because it's cool. I want to be like a marble man. Remember the Marlboro man? Big mustache, he's the lone cowboy, and he's out there. And he, he, you know, this guy made cigarettes like, wow, cool for the guys. Even some women too, right? So once others truly discover who you really are, they may leave, they may stay. But either way, the whole process can be traumatizing. Peer pressure, guys, you know what it's like, right? I was bullied in school. Mm, everything. Boom, boom, boom. You name it. Because I was a nerd. So what? <laughs> but then in the end, who reaped the prize? <laughs> and. <laughs> oh, man. Let me reel it back in. Okay. So God is calling us 
as believers to stand out. So we are, God is calling us to stand out. We are to stand out. You know, God has been trying to get us out of these buildings. We like the buildings. We like the church. Hey, look, this is a great church. Isn't it? I mean, I've seen it. When we came from the fire. I remember I was down, still a cop, um, doing a Veterans Day. And then one of the brothers say, hey, Brother Al, Brother Al, the church is on fire. What do you mean the church is on fire? He says, on fire. But then God knew what most of us didn't know. Or even what Pastor Victor didn't know. And sometimes he has to allow certain things to happen so that we can get out of our comfort Sometimes I think that uh, Calvary's mission in uh, 116th Street was over because he had a bigger place for us to occupy. The Bronx. The Bronx. So, it's not, it's, not, it's not an easy process to fit in. It's not. But it's an extremely important one. Some of the more important questions we'll be tackling throughout this series Next week, there's going to be another, another speaker coming up, and another, another. I think it's maybe three, three, three more, something like that. So here's some of the questions that we're going to be tackling in this particular series. What does conforming look like? What, does, what are the distinctive patterns we as human beings are tempted to conform to? Think about it. What are we conforming to? What does true transformation really look like in our lives by Christ's own definition. What does that look like in the eyes of Christ? Then, once we know what transformation really looks like, what is the sole purpose behind it? So, the ability, because we want to adapt. All of us, we adapt. And I, I think as human beings, we have God made us to adapt. Right? So the ability to adapt can be both good and bad. It's like a double-edged sword. Right? They're good, they're, they're positives and negatives to that. Right? So people can work and live in a wide variety or ranges of environmental conditions. Right? So, yeah, sometimes life throws a curveball. We are able to adapt whatever the world throws at us. Even as Christian believers, we should know how to deflect those things, those fiery darts, right? The things that the enemy is, right? And let's stop using, oh, Satan, Satan, the devil. Nah, nah, the devil has no license. I'm not afraid of this fallen angel, you know that? Because the devil has bigger fish to fry. He's after the leaders. He's after the world, right? He sends his minions, his demons, and, and you know, these, these little weird, ugly little things to do his dirty deed. So when you think that, that oh, yeah, oh, well, yeah, yeah, the devil's alive, then forget about that. Forget about that. Let's concentrate on the victory at the cross. And we should be arrogant on that and spiritually something. Yeah, I boast. That's right. Jesus defeated you at the cross. And you still and you still cry, baby. You're still licking your wounds. You're still licking your wounds. Right? So, so people, we need to understand that conforming, sometimes we conform to degrading surroundings, confusion or abuses rather than change or leave it. Sometimes we, we stay comfortable in our mess. We stay comfortable in our mess because we're used to it. Like, what the heck? This is my life. So be it. No, it's not. 
This is one statement I really don't like. When people say, well, you made your bed. You have to sleep in it. Really? Now, I hate to see what your bed looks like because I know, I know that Liz and I, right, right, when, when it comes down to it, we change the sheets, we change, it's called laundry day, right? We do all these things. And sometimes uh, we don't, and, and you know, Liz does, uh, 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 she does an amazing job in, in uh, picking the right colors and everything because the woman is, the woman, uh, you know, in, in, in a home, she, she makes the home. She puts all the colors because if we had our, our bid on that, it'll be the, 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 the greatest man cave known to man. Everything looks like you. There's, no, there's nothing of the wife there, so, so it's great to see the feminine touch in that. But you can make your bed. If you don't like the, the sheets, change it. If you don't like uh, the pillowcases, change it. If you don't like the pillow because you want to get a prosopredic, whatever it is, because your neck is it, you know, your neck has a crick in it, you can change it. If you don't like the mattress, flip it over. Right? If that don't work, buy a new one. And if you really, really want to change the whole bed, get the whole new set. Right? Get a whole new set, right? Go to, uh, what's the other, what's, what's the, there's a lot of places, Siemens and, and stuff like that. And, um, and my thing just went out. Yeah, let me, let me get the cord. That's okay, let me see if I can do it. So, let's get going. So you can't trust technology, right? You can't trust this stuff. So, let me go into this, right? I hate to read from this stuff, but uh, oh, here it is. It's back. <laughs> plug it in, plug it in. Remember, remember that? Plug it in, plug it in. <laughs> yeah, right. Where are we? On the other side. Okay. Okay, good, good. Bingo. Let there be light. It's not plugged in? No, it's getting Good, good. That's all right. We got battery. We got battery light. Now, the thing is, it's just a, it does its own little thing. So, basically, a lot of the environments that we encounter are very destructive. And sometimes we look at these destructive environments as being normal. Look at the norm. I mean, what's normal? What's normal? I don't know about you, but I'm 61, and I remember the, the 70s. 60s, very, very, you know, you know, little, you know, but, but what's normal? What is normal? Normal is what you perceive to be normal. What's your normal is different than my normal, right? But God knows what the norm is. So anyone who decides to live a more godly, a grounded godly lifestyle will soon find themselves the need to change and turn away from much of which is going around around this. So in other words, you know, by being a, a believer, a Christian believer, we are forced to change our surroundings. There are things that you can't do. When I became a cop, I had to tell my friends, listen, you know, I love you, but I can't hang with you. Because you're doing things that if I hang with you, the popo is going to be there, and I am the popo, and I have to explain why I'm there, right? And, but I did it with love, and they understood that. They respected that because I still treated them with respect. I know a lot of dudes and dudettes that are really not great. They're not great. But I love them. I love them because, you know, something we have to show the love of God for them. You know, I want them, I want them, I want they, 
them to have what I have. I want that, really, sincerely. I talk to a lot of them, and I say, guy, you know, you need to be somewhere in your life. I don't want you to be like me, but I want you to have a prosperous life. Yeah. I, want some, I want you to have a life that, that, you know, that, that God offers to every one of us, especially oh, me, you know, me and all that. So I have a lot of scripture. I like scripture because I like to back things up with scripture. You know, scripture is what, what really uh, brings everything into fruition. So in 1 John chapter 12, 15 to 17, that I'm going to be reading here, um, do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him Ooh, that's an ouch moment for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but of this world come on that's for you and for me especially for me right so and the world is passing away. We see it. We're in the end times, people. Yeah. There are people saying, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to God when, when, when it's my convenience. Yeah. Well, there's a big surprise coming your way. Because the day you die, all bets are off. Yeah. All the excuses are off. You can't say, well, God, no, 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 no. While you're still living is when you need to change. You need to, you need to change your life. And the problem is, the reason why they don't, people don't want to sit, um, submit to God because they don't want to be, there's two words that we are afraid of. Accountability and responsibility. Because we think that if we become Christians, hallelujahs or Jesus freaks, whatever you want to call us, you know, sold out for God, that we have to give up the pleasures of the world. Come on, guys. Come on. I was a clubber, I went, I did a lot of things. Not that I was out there going crazy, but you know, I was free-spirited. But I knew that these things were not enriching me. Because God had something better for me. Something better for all of us. It's nice to go out there and have entertainment, right? But remember where you're going into. You're going into the devil's den. I know a lot of people say, oh yeah, the devil's den, Satan. No, the point is, I stopped going to clubs, and Liz will know that. I stopped going to clubs when the, when the bubblegum crew came there, the drugs started coming in there, and everything out there because it was a, 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 um, an environment for um, mature adults. So that's why I stopped doing that. I even gave up on secular music, and I was a DJ and everything. I gave up on it. I might listen to some of the stuff out there, right? Right, right, Mickey, right? Some of the old stuff, right? Some of the old stuff. But the, but the thing is, is that we are beyond that because if we, if we allow God to transform us, to transform us, to conform into his image of likeness, then those things don't matter anymore. These things do not matter anymore, people. They don't. You know, I've been sober almost uh, 16, 17 years. And it took an event. It took an event. That scared the hell out of me. It took that. Liz knew that. And, and, and what I put this woman through. What I put this woman through. So. And the world is passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So there's a lot of pressure there, people. And pressure is good. Pressure is good because it puts you in a position because, you know, sometimes, you know, we could talk the talk, but then when, when, when the pressure arises, you will know what you're made of. God will put you in those circumstances. And he does that for a reason. So when you feel like you're, you're suffering and you're going through stuff, you know, you, the pitfalls of life, I mean, you're hitting rope. You know, if you ever, uh, you ever drive on any of the streets and the cross Bronx, you know, you're hitting potholes and all kinds of stuff. We're going to be hitting those potholes in life. Yeah. We're going to be hitting a lot of those potholes. But we come through. It's hope, people. If I can do this, and I'm not perfect, I'm beyond that. I'm beyond that. If I can come to you like this, and, and I, listen, if I can, if I'm here at this part of my life, if I can do it, you can do it. Your circumstances might be different, but, but, but we're all in the same boat. Like the apostles in the Galilean Sea, we were all, the disciples, we were all in the same boat. But look who was in the boat. And sometimes Jesus has to get out of the boat to test us to see what we have learned when we were in that boat with him. Sometimes we need to be that Peter walking on that water. We need Peter. We need to be that Peter. So, yes, there is a lot of pressure. And the other problem is that we're keeping up with the Joneses. I want to be like this guy. I want, I want that car. I want to be like that dude. I want to be like, you know, like the girls. Like you girls are the same way. Like the guys, you know. Man, I want, to, I want that dress. I want to be just like her. Look at her, look at her little body. She's like a little wave. And I want to be like that. But that's not natural. We're asking for things that are not going to satisfy us or, or, or enrich us. Who are we kidding? And a lot of these people that look perfect out there, they're the most miserable people on the planet. They got money and they're still miserable. You know why? Because there's the one thing that is missing in their lives. Jesus. God is missing in their lives. Because when you have the Son, you have it all. You have it all. When you have the Son, you have it all. Right? <laughs> Who doesn't want the Son? So, sometimes we like to advertise ourselves. So advertising is not a design to teach contentment. Most music and entertainment do not exhaust or exalt modesty and the high standards of morality. There was a lot of things I have to be careful. Liz knows that. It's a, listen, I love movies. You know me. I'm a movie guy. You know, action stuff like that. But then I watch a movie, and all of a sudden they throw something in there. Oh man, why did you have to do that? Why did you have to do that? Why? You spoiled it. You threw in, um, you know, really dirty stuff in there. You just spoil the whole thing. But that's the world, people. The, pro, the, the, the enemy will try to insert itself into everything that we think that is entertainment that we like. What Liz and I like to do, we just like to watch, uh, let's see, uh, um, you know, anything that is Christian related, you know. Uh, she's got me, uh, 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 you know, looking at the uh, Hallmark channels. Yeah, yes, Hallmark. Oh man, yes, right. Al Bonilla, <laughs> former military guy, police officer, watches Hallmark, and I start picking out the Hallmark people, the thing. And I look at this guy, this is this cute. 
Isn't this cute? Look at them. And, and, and you know, being, being, being in my formal occupation, I know exactly how it's going to end. I said, look at this. This guy's going to meet this girl. This girl's going to meet this guy. And, and, and they don't like each other. You know, all that kind of stuff. But, but it's, you know what the end is going to be. Kissy, kissy, lovey-dovey. Oh, yes, it is. Right? So, <laughs> so I mean, as funny as that is, but, you know, I, I like those movies because, you know, when it's done right, there's a lot of good morals. There's a lot of good things in these movies. You know, we look at it. And pure flicks are good. If you like pure flicks, it's great, you know. And we're not here. We're not, look, Calvary's not here to advertise and promote things. But um, this is just me, guys. Me, right? I'm not promoting for this church or nothing like that. But this is just me, you know. Sometimes we, gotta, we have to be careful what we watch. We have to be careful what we watch. Yeah. So if we begin, if we, if we begin to think this world is designed to indoctrinate us in the things that are wrong, then you and I would be right to think that way, right? But for now, we live in societies designed and influenced by Satan himself. It's bad. If you've seen the Grammys, I didn't watch the Grammys, but I watched snippets of it. Whoa, Satan was all over this place. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 sometimes I ask myself, what were, they, what were these people thinking? And here's the thing that you need to catch this in the spirit. Satan has no problem in flaunting himself. It is disrespectful, but it is arrogantly exposure. Because you know why he's doing that? Because he knows that the church is sleeping. Sleeping. Because we're not getting up there and saying, listen, I'm not saying we get up there and we start to violently protest. I have no problem with protesting as long as it's done, you know, non-violently. And, and, and we do it in love. We do it in love. So we have to be, really be careful with that in itself. So let's get to, the, let's get to the, the word, conforming. So let's take conforming and let's take it to a, a notch down and let's look at the word conformity. Because conformity could be good and bad. What are we conforming to? So conformity involves changing your behaviors in order to fit in and go along. Right? With the people around you. Think about it. We've all done that. What do you mean? In some cases, this social influence might involve agreeing with and acting with the majority of the people in a specific group. Listen, we have cliques. They're in our families, they're outside. We like to be in a clique, you know? We like to be surrounded with people that have the same mindset. And we'll talk about mindsets in a minute. Whose mindset we want, right? Keep that, keep that in the back of your, of, of your brain. In some cases, the social influence might involve agreeing with and acting like the majority of people in a specific group. I say that again. But it also involves in behaving in a particular way in order to perceive as a normal group. We have to be careful with who we hang out with. You know the old Spanish one. I'm not going to say it in Spanish. You know, but you know, in other words, you, I know who you are by the people you hang out with. You know, that could have been a proverb a long time ago. But of course, um, you know, there are other important proverbs, but 
It is so true. Our parents always, always were looking out, and they always want to know, like, who are you hanging out with? Because if they don't improve, you may like them, but a lot of us have experiences where we wanted to be with these people, our friends, so-called friends, and I use the term loosely. Don't get me started on Facebook. Facebook is great when it's used in, in its proper context, right? When I say proper context, those of you know, I preach, um, you know, I minister on Facebook. Put some good things out there, you know? There's a lot of trash out there. You know, keep, keep your stuff, keep your content pure and holy. Keep it, keep it like that, right? It's another ministerial tool. You know, use the technology that God has given. Because all this technology, you know, we pride ourselves. We go, man did all this. No, man didn't do jack. Didn't do nothing. We're claiming something that our God already invented himself, right? So let's give him the credit, right? Let's give him the credit, right? So let's get to the, uh, the so, um, so we, what we have to do in conformity, we have to confront our conforming. We have to confront it. There are things that the enemy is trying to get us to conform to, so we have to battle it. We have to, uh, you know, we have to tackle it. So I wonder how many of us have tried to model our behavior after someone we looked up and admired. Come on, we all wanted to be like someone else. We all did, right? That's why they call celebrities. We celebrate them, celebrate, right? As you grow up, it's almost like you Try on others' characteristics to see what fits for you. Why are you trying to? Why are we trying to be someone else when you are the real McCoy? You are the unique person. There's no one like you. You are as, as unique as 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 um, your fingerprints, as unique as the as the uh, early snowflakes that falls in the winter. No two are like. Why are we trying to be a copy? we can be a masterpiece original. Why? God doesn't make copies. He makes masterpieces. He makes originals. Right? Let's be an original. Right? So, but what happens when those patterns and behaviors grow up with you and they become your habits and characteristics? How many of us have become something else because we want to be like that, and all of a sudden, you know, your parents say, you know, I don't know you anymore. Why, why are you speaking like that? That's not how we raise you. I don't know about you, but I miss the old days. I miss my parents, my grandparents. I miss that generation because they didn't play games. You got it from grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, everybody. Andy, don't get me started on the ants, the tias and the tios, you know? Because they gave it to you. It's like a, it's like a domino effect. Everyone's slapping. Just get in line, you're going to get it. You're going to get slapped. Crazy. But nowadays, we get offended when someone corrects another person. That's an ouch moment. Come on. Why? We're in the last days, people. We are in preparation. As Christians, we're the ones that are going to get the, the, the worst of it. Because we should know better. We know the word. The word is in you. In me. We need to profess what the word is. In, uh, what, what, what is the word of God saying who we are? The problem is we don't believe. We don't believe. We talked about faith. We, we always go back to 
faith, belief, faith, 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 right? And we're talking about the kingdom of God. That's important. That's another place. That's another area that we should know about. But when you start to study, it blows your mind. It opens these things to where, man, I didn't see it that way because you weren't listening. God has been telling us the kingdom of God. Jesus has been telling us all the time. We just haven't been listening. We hear, but we don't internalize what we're hearing. We don't do that. So what happens when those, those things that we, those, those habits, those habits and characteristics come, we become our own, become us. But what if you we, what if you don't like them? What if you don't like the person you have become? Can we change? Yes, we can. So there has to be a confrontation. In other words, the buck stops here. I'm tired of being like everybody else. But God never called any one of us to be like somebody else. Why don't you just be you, what God has called you? It's easy. We, we could talk about that. It's easy to do that, you know, to say all these things. But the problem is we don't want to go through the process because it's painful. It's painful, and you think it's shameful because people stop pointing at you. Look at you. Who, who, who do you think you are? I know who you are. Who are you trying to be? You know, you're trying to be Joe Osti, uh, T. Jakes. You're trying to be this. You're trying to be that. No. I'm just trying to be what God has called me to be. That's it. It's simple. We, we, take, we take the Bible. We take preaching. We, we complicate it. The message of God is so simple. That's why it says we have to come to him like children. Because if the children of God can get it, why are we having a problem with it? Because as adults, we have conformed to an ideology that is uh, of the world. No, that way, you know? Like, you know how we get older? We're going to get older, right? No, no, I feel young. Yeah, maybe my, I got body aches, a lot of things, and as age, but we have to take care of ourselves. But I feel young, young in mind because I got the mind of Christ. I feel young. So, we must be very extremely careful into what and whom we are transforming and conforming ourselves into today. So, let's get back to Romans 12, too. And we don't have to read it. I'm just going to read a little something. You don't have to go right into it because we read it before. I'm going back there because it's a key verse. So Romans says, and this is just a paraphrase, do not conform to the world's patterned behaviors and characteristics. See, when God takes us back there, it's telling you, I got to focus. Focus what I'm telling you. Focus what I'm telling you. Focus what I'm telling you. Why are you trying to be something that I didn't create you to be? Why are you, why are you taking the characteristics and the behaviors of the fallen one? Satan. Because let me tell you something. Nobody wants to be, if I, you know, everybody wants to be good and to who's good standard. If I was to say, uh, who wants to go to heaven? Every hand went up. Who, 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 who doesn't want to go to hell? Uh, everyone said, I don't want to go to hell. But how do you know where you're going? Because if you don't know where you're going, when you die, you have a bigger problem than, than, than I could ever imagine. That's on you. It's not about being perfect. Because even the thief on the cross understood 
the kingdom of God. And he didn't study it, but he understood who he was. He says, Lord, I belong here. I'm paraphrasing. I belong here. You don't belong here. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Who says that? Who says that on the cross? He's on the cross. He's a done deal. Stick a fork in him. He's done. But who says that? The other one says, hey, yeah, you're the Christ. Get yourself off that cross. And he had the power to do that. But his mission was rock solid because he didn't come for himself. He came here to save the world. To save the world. And this man suffered in such a way. Suffered in such a way. So, let's go to 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, 18. And it says that we are being transformed into, the, into Christ's likeness. The likeness of his son. So, both words, transform and conform, have a common rule, form. Let's take a look at the word form. Meaning, what it means is a pattern in an, in, or a mode. Being transformed, check this out. This is something perfect to write down. Being transformed refers to the process. Conform refers to the finished product. Jesus is our pattern, the mode. We are being transformed so that we eventually become conformed into the, into the likeness of Jesus. Sanctification or holiness, these are words that are interchangeable within itself. But then, is conformity to the likeness of Jesus Christ? So here's a question I'm going to throw at you as we continue. I'm trying to go as fast as I can. <clears throat> Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made well? Why are you still sick? Why are you still sick? You see, because sometimes, and I'm not saying any one of us here. I'm just throwing a general comment. Sometimes you can be in your sickness for a very long time. You've been waiting on God, waiting on God, waiting on God. But, you, but, but see, you're waiting for God to come. He asks you that you have free access to him. You're asking, but you're asking in the wrong way. And sometimes we don't believe that we could be healed. Because we're in this deep, deep hole, cave of doubt. That is the greatest weapon of the enemy, doubt. Think, you think the devil is really strong? No, he, he doesn't have to use powerful weapons. He only has to use one word. Twist the words of God. Cause you to question God. Now, there's nothing bad about questioning God. But the thing is, is that you should know the word. You don't have to be a scholar. You have a Bible. Listen, that's all you need. You have a Bible. Can I get your Bible? as an example. That's all you need. Whatever, whatever translation you need, that's all you need. I don't need to have a PhD. 
you know, yes, I have an associate, but you know, that's for my own study benefit. I'm not saying that you know you don't have to go to school, seminary, and all that, unless you're going to teach, unless you're going to teach, and God's called you to teach as a, to, you know as a mantle and all that. And then you then you can expand it and all that. But this is all you need. The excuses stop with this. When you, when you die, and let's say, you know, you, you, you didn't accept Jesus, and, and, and you, did, you didn't have that relationship, he can say, but you had a Bible. Not only that you, had, you, had, you didn't have a Bible, here you go, thank you. You had multiple versions. You had, you had a library of stuff. But you never came to me. You didn't have that quiet time with me. God is saying, I just want to be intimate with you. I want, I, want, I want you in me. And in me that you will see the things that you, you will see things that you will never know. But you didn't take the time to ask and keep on asking. You didn't knock on my door. I've been knocking on your door, but you never invited me in. been waiting for you. Why do you keep shutting the door in my face? Why are you worried about an angel? Yes, he was one of my most beautiful angels. But yet he wanted to be something that I didn't create him to be. He had a choice. I gave him everything. to cast them out. I cannot condone this. I'm a sovereign God. I, even though he still loved them, but he made a choice. And when you cross that threshold, that's the place of no return. I don't even want to get, I don't even want to touch the subject about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I don't even want to go there. Well, that's for believers. You see, if you're a non-believer, you could, you, you could tell the Holy Spirit to, to anything. Even the worst thing you could say to the Holy Spirit. And he'll look at it and like, okay, you don't know any better. But if you're a believer and <clears throat> you dare go there, oh no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, I want you to meditate on that. Again, do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? So, the thing is that we, we, you know, God doesn't want us to conform to the world. But instead, he wants us to be transformed in him. So the Apostle Paul and others have urged us to resist the pressure to become a part of this evil world. So, back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I'm reading it from a different um, version. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But see, to be 
Conform means to put on the form, fashion, and appearance of another. That's what it means. Trying to be something. Basically, you want to be like the world. You see, somebody will probably walk in here and say, who do you think you are? Why are you, you, you you're judging me? I'm not judging you. I didn't even point at you. That's called conviction, people. You see, I'm preaching on something that I went through. I went through. I went through a lot of stupid mistakes. You know, sometimes, you ever, you ever thought about, if I can go back in time and, and change the things, would I be a better person? Maybe, maybe not. Because if we were to wipe it away and, and do a do-over, instead of submitting to the testing, and you'll be back to square one, making the same mistake over and over again. And basically, that's what insanity is. Insanity is, is, is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Come on. There are people right now going through the same thing over and over again, expecting God to change in that when they themselves... They don't want to forgive. They don't want to repent. So, this passage means, Romans 12, 1, 2. So this passage means that we should not allow the behavior, culture, and lifestyle of what is around us to mold us and make us like it. It's, yeah. The scripture is telling us why you want to be exactly like the world, the filth? You see, we like the we like the candy coated um, part of the world. You know, the the, the 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 glitter, the glitz, and the fashion, and everything else. But deep down inside, there's a lot. It's a lot of rot and decay. That's like going. I'm a car guy. It's like going, and you want to want, want to buy this classic car, and it's easy to go to Mako or whatever it is out there and paint this and candy coat it red, and it looks beautiful, glimmering, but yet underneath that paint job, underneath the primer, the car, the metal, the body of it, the body of it is rusting and decaying and falling apart. That's the world, people. That's the world. They may look good on the outside, but they're falling apart on the inside. Because God is not in their lives. Because God is a restorer. He does not allow anything to decay. Yes, our bodies are going to decay um, when we're dead in the ground. But like I said, Jesus did not come to save the flesh. He came to save the spirit. Us, us, us. A real image and likeness of God in himself. So, so instead... Instead, we are to seek help and guidance from God to become more like Him. So Paul goes on to speak of the need for the renewal of the mind. So why is Paul hooked up? Why is he so fixated that we need to remove, renew our mind? Because we cannot permanently change the outside without changing the inside. That is what Paul is saying. We can't permanently change the outside without changing the inside. Once you change on the inside, everything's changed on the outside. 
That's why you can tell who your believers are. They don't have to go out there, hell, oh, I'm master so-and-so, I'm apostle so-and-so, yeah, I'm a prophet. <laughs> Let me prophesy you. Let me lay hands on you. Yeah. Here, have a handkerchief. It's anointed. It will heal you. Don't get me started on that. Because they are not too far away from being a, um, a, count, uh, what is a copy of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Don't get me started on that. The Pharisees and Sadducees of the, uh, what is it, the first century, back in Christ, they're all dead in dust. But they're still here. They're just taking a different form. We find them some in some churches in a lot of places. And we have to be careful because some of us may become like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Think about it. There's a lot of glitter in the church. Right? A lot of glitter. So, so as King David wrote in Psalms 51.10, so this is King David saying, created me Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is David. He's saying that I, I clean my heart, renew my heart, clean it, renew a steadfast spirit in me. So we find ourselves among friends that are involved in behavior that is immoral and even criminal sometimes. Sometimes we need to ask ourselves, is my environment uplifting? Is it clean? Is it orderly? Or is it the opposite? Are my friends enriching my life? Or are they pulling me down? And what can I or should I do about it? If you don't know what to do with that, I can't help you. I'm just a messenger. I can't save you. I can't save you. I'm just delivering a message. And sometimes it's going to be a message within the message. If you want to still hang out and let's go in deeper with this. Right? So, those of us, and this, this is for the parents, and we're all parents, whether we are physically parents or spiritual parents. So those, so those of us who are parents know how challenging it is to be to encourage. So another, we know it's a challenge to encourage our teenagers. And we want them to resist the pressures by some of their peers to experiment with behaviors that can scar them for, the, for many years of life. Listen, we all experimented. Some of us have done other things like that. But if you look at the youth today, we have a problem. They're, they're so, they're like a nerve. They're so exposed to the filth out there. They're so confused because I don't know whether to be uh, Samantha or Sam. Can I be transparent? Because let me tell you something. The gospel, the word of God is offensive to the world, the unbelieving world. We are going to offend so many people out there. Be prepared for the, for the pressing. Be prepared for the challenging. Because God is, right now, He wants us, as believers, to, to maintain, persist, continue to be transformed. 
We have to go to this period of transformation. It is painful because it has, it involves a lot of purging. A lot of things have to come out of us. So, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10, 11, and, 13, and 15, I'm going to put it all together. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. It's like we tell our kids, do not go. When you, you know the law of the, of the neighborhood. Here's the money. Get me the, uh, you know, get, get, get the bread, get this, the milk, the cheese, and all that. And mind your business. You see some, you know, crazy, you know, in other words, you see the, 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 the thugs out there, do not look at them. Keep your faith, keep, keep, keep on the straight and narrow, people. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits. So, I, so as, I, as the contemporary English version has it, don't fool yourselves. Bad friends will destroy you. You know, we're in April, and usually March is spring, right? The 21st, you know, the solstice, spring, whatever. Um, and we call it spring cleaning. I think we need to do a little bit of spring cleaning in, in the people that we call friends. I'm not saying kick, kick them to the curb, but if they're not enriching you, they're not blessing you, they're not lifting you up, and they're just cursing you, cursing you, cursing you, you need to let them go. Don't cast your pearls. I mean, I could quote scripture, so yeah, yeah. Don't cast your pearls. Don't do this. Don't do that. And if they don't like you, then dust your feet. You know, dust your feet. Just keep going. Keep walking. But keep them in the back of your mind. Forgive them and pray for them. Pray for them that God, the Spirit of God, will convict them and, and change them. We want, we want them to have what we have. What we have. And from the Pentateuch, for all you Bible scholars out there, right? That's the first five books of the Old Testament. Let's go to Exodus, right? For those of you, this is just a short little you know, verse. Exodus 23, 2. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil. Like when I was downtown and I went to every riot out there. I understand the reason for those riots. But there were people that were going to the riots and they thought they were doing good. And I want to protest, protest. Yeah, let's that, that, just, let's just um, burn, burn the, the, the courts. Let's just kill every cop out there. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil. Hmm. Hmm. How many people were out there doing evil? Too many. So basically, we want to set high moral and spiritual goals. We need that to be the focus. So, I want you to write these scriptures because I'm, I'm pretty much done here. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. talks about, you, you know, don't do what the Gentiles do. There are people out there doing crazy stuff. Some of us have been there. You know, we have been redeemed, and, and, 
you know, we have a new, new outlook in life and all that. And just be careful with that. And Second Corinthians chapter six, uh, seventeen to eighteen. Basically, it's talking about. Um, so come out from the among the believers and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. There's more to it. There's more to it. Just trying to. And then Ephesians chapter 4, 17, 23. And you can write that down so you can go back to it. And let, let those scriptures speak to you because what those scriptures are, are speaking is what we must do to live a transformed life. That's what the scriptures uh, speak of. What must we do to live a transformed life? So if we want to be more like God, we need to examine where we go and what we do for entertainment. We need to, we need to examine ourselves when we enter these places, right? Is this something that God, that Christ would approve of? Is it, will it make us a better person? That's what you have to ask yourself. We, we have to start changing the way we live and all that. It is so sad that much of the morality of the Western world has declined in the past few decades. Look at the past few years. Things are going down, morality, everything, you know? People, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's so sad what, what you see in, in, in the media. So mankind has clearly been influenced by the current God of this world. We know that's Satan. And in the media, we have the, we have, in the media, the filthy language, illicit love scenes have become ordinary. It's become the ordinary thing. Even some of the animation, even Disney has become, woo! And I always used to think that Disney was always very sacred and everything. But a lot of things have changed people. And, you, and let me tell you something, I love animation. I love these things. Now they, they, look, they look innocent. But there's a lot of hidden agendas in that. Be careful what you expose your children to. We are responsible for them, Lord God. My God, my God. So, in 1 John 5, 19, we know. So John is saying, we know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. First Peter. So Peter is saying, First Peter, um, chapter one, thirteen and fifteen. Therefore, gird up your loins of your of your mind. Be sober and rest of, of, of rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as your ignorance, but as He who is called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So the chameleon, you know, even though the chameleon matches to its surroundings, what Paul is saying, not to be like the chameleon. We are not to match the world in our thinking and in our behavior. We must adopt to conform. We must not adopt, adapt to or conform to it, but rather be transformed by the renewal and, you know, through the power and the guidance of the Spirit and the Word. With His help, we are to be put a new character. So we, have, we, are, we are a new creature. We have a new nature. Yes. Why are we going back to our filth? Mm -hmm. Really. It's not about being perfect people. It's not a judging anything. Every one of you is responsible for their own salvation. Come on. You know, uh, uh, you, could, you could have apostle up here, you know, 
victor, and he'll give you everything that you need. But his responsibility is to make sure you stay on the on the on the, on the narrow, that you know, the narrow road, yeah. not the wide one of the world. That, because when you're on the wide, you're just like everybody, all aimless. You, you, there's no focus. There's no direction. His job is to make sure you get it, but more so, you live it. But there's a lot of stuff that comes out, out of this pulpit. And if we're not taking serious with this, that's on you. I'm responsible for my salvation. You know, I have to be right. I have to be, I have to, you know, come before the Spirit, all these things. So we must adapt. We must not adapt or to conform to rather be transformed, right? So we know that. So renewing your mind, being transformed, not conforming to the world around you, but conforming into the likeness of Christ. And that's what it is. These things are not very easy for each of us. We know that. But it's so worth it. You could look around and discover how to fit in and look like everyone else, act like everyone else. But however, you have to look up and within and learn the art of standing out in Christ. What is God trying to do in your heart? And I'm closing. I'm closing. I know I'm out of time. What is God trying to do in your heart as we begin week one in this new series? What kind of self-reflected journey do you need to embark on this week to take these important steps towards your own transformation? What needs to happen in your daily routine to make room for the Word of God in your life? God greatly and lovingly desires to see you, me, we, incredibly transformed. But the question is, do you really want it? Do you really want it? Do you want to be healed? Transformation is a path worth choosing. Uh, uh, chose choosing. See, this message is for everyone. And it invites those to come to Christ and receive Him. And those who have not done so. So if you haven't surrendered to God, it's not about religion, people. I am the least religious person out there. And I come from a very strict Catholic background. And I'm not here to bash the church. Because talk is cheap. I'm sick and tired of the religious, the religiosity. Because if we're not taking serious of the things of God, what's the point of coming into church? Why are we coming here? Are we doing it out of um, obligation? Because you want to be seen coming into a building because the whole idea is we come into this building, we, want, we should live here transformed. We should live here changed. And, he, and, and, and let me tell you something, people. I love you guys because God can heal you right now. Right now He can heal you. And sometimes His healing may take a little time. Because sometimes we are resistant to the healing. You see, there is, you know how you go to a, um, and I, I, I'm, I'm not even going to use my notes anymore. You see... How many of us, everyone here who has health insurance, we all have a primary health giver, right? Have you made an appointment lately? And what did they tell you? 
And Liz will know that. Oh, well, uh, we, we can fit you in three months later. Three months? But I pay for the insurance. I'm dying. I need help. I need healing. A little, little band-aid. Someone to, someone to kiss my boo-boo. But God is the great physician. He is not bound by appointments. He's not bound by office hours. His office hours are open now. All the time. No matter where you are in your life, his office hours are open. There's no appointments to see him. That was done with at the cross. That was done with with the sacrifices. You see, we don't understand the true sacrifice of Jesus. What he has done for us. What he has done for us. You okay? Get us some, some water. There you go. Bowling Springs. Listen, people, there's more coming. There's more coming. I don't know. Let me tell you, so a lot of people look at us, and we are, we're not a small front, a, 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 a storefront church. We operate like a big church. You know why? This is a Holy Spirit filled church. The things that I come from this small little gathering, because see, this is what intimacy looks like here. When you look at us, this is intimacy. I thank God for uh, Pastor Victor, you know, and of course, um, Elder Ross and all of you. You see, I have an intimate relationship with them. Many people don't have that access. We have an intimate relationship with our leader, our spiritual father, and our mother, you know, Pastor Gwen. There's a lot that is being poured into us. The thing is, do you want to be healed? Like the, like, like, like the, 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 the guy, the lame man in, in Bethesda, Bethesda Fountain, he's been there for 30 years, 30 years, trying to get into a pool that bubbles up because they were said that the angel of the Lord was stirring it up. And there's a lot of talk about, well, how can the angel of the Lord be there? And it was a pagan temple. Well, guess what? The clue was the Pharisees were there because the Pharisees will never go to a place that will defile them. See, we're trying to go into a water that is stirring, but Jesus is the water. He's the life-giving water. Like the woman at the well, you know? She's drawing water, and we know her, we know the story, and Jesus is saying, well, you know, I don't have anything to draw water with. And, you know, and he did this on purpose as a teaching to show who he was. That he is the promised Messiah. I am he. The water I give you. You will never thirst no more. So you don't need to go into the pool of Bethesda to jump in there. As if Christ went up to you and says, you know, I know what you've been going through. You've been going through this for so long. You're tired. And this water here that you've been trying to get into, it will never do anything for you. 
only you the only thing is that you need me you need me you don't need this pool of water you only need me and Jesus says do you want to be healed see that's like almost like a rhetorical question because who doesn't want to be healed the reason why he asked the question because we believe that we can't that it's not possible I don't know what this man was going through but let me tell you something like the, like the woman with the blood issue she lost the faith a long time ago but she trusted man man cannot do what God can do but her faith was resurrected when she heard about the miraculous things that Christ was doing resurrecting the dead making the blind see the mute speak and sing and the lame walking she heard that it resurrected her faith and all she, and she still doubted because she because she's unclean she's not supposed to go near anybody all she wanted if I could just touch the hem of his garment just touch the garment just touch it just touch it that's the kind of faith we need to have we don't need eyes there are people out there that were blind and 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 they had more faith than people that can see when Jesus said to Thomas blessed are those who's who who believe and yet have not seen with their own eyes There is no doubt why we go back to the same things. Christianity 101. We need to go back to those subject matters. Faith, faith, faith. We talk about that so much. And our faith is designed to be tested. Because we could say, like, 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 like Peter. Peter says, I will never leave you. I will never do this. But yet, yet, you deny me three times. Three strikes, you're out. But it wasn't three strikes you're out with Peter Peter Jesus saw how much in torment he was he redeemed them with love he says do you love me do you love me Peter feed my sheep take care of them do you love me or as the one that Jesus says if you love me obey my commandments what can I say what can I say we're in these last days people we should be giant killers we should be walking on water with Jesus when he calls us instead of looking at the waves and all that if the word says that you're that, listen, we're all going to go through problems. It hurts. This hurts. You slap me, it's going to hurt. You prick me, you stab me, I'm going to bleed. As tough as I want to be and be the man that I am, I'm going to hurt. But we're more than just this fleshy suit. We're, we're spirit. The devil is angry at us because every time he looks at us, he is reminded. When he looks at us, I want you to really see this. When Satan looks at us, he's looking at the face of God. He's looking at the Messiah. He can't stand that. 
Imagine going out there and everyone is your enemy. That's what he sees. And if, he's, if you feel like you're going through trials and tribulations, it's normal, but if you feel like you are spiritually attacked, it's because you're walking right. You're at least making the attempt to walk. You're making it. It's better to have that mustard-sized um, uh, faith, that mustard seed, that little bitty thing. I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard tree. That thing looks enormous. That comes out of this. That is the power and might of God. We are more than conquerors. We're the head of the tail. Even, even elders come up there and he's poured out and he's saying the same thing that I heard 20 years ago. And it's still the same powerful message. It's still the same powerful message, people. Why are we not moving? I wasn't always like this. You know, the zeal is like, I don't know. God has been doing something in me that I should have been doing a long time ago. But sometimes everyone is in their own journey. We're in our own process. And that's okay. No, God is not going to rush you. But I'm going to tell you this. Time is running out. Time is running out, people. God loves you. He would never have... He, listen. He would never have sent his son to the cross. He, he, even, even before that, he would never... Listen, you know. He destroyed a world with a, with, with a flood. But he still had faith. Because if, if he made us... Somebody, the remnant has to be faithful. But we have been given free will to choose. We could either choose to go the pathway of God or, or the world, the devil. But even in his creation, he knew, but his creation wasn't flawed because in the garden, you know, we say that Jesus was the first sinless man. No, he wasn't. The first sinless man was Adam and Eve because they were perfect. That's the design we were supposed to be. But they were given a choice and they listened to doubt. They listened to a fallen angel who was so eloquent and man fell and we took the brunt of it. But Jesus already had defeated him because he's not bound by time and space. He already defeated the enemy. The enemy did not know that. Because you see, God only God can God knows your heart and knows your mind. The enemy cannot think. If the enemy had the power to, to, to know what's what you're thinking, we would have been done a long time ago. So be careful what comes out of your mouth careful how you react to things out there because that is the weapon we give to Satan. Satan's power is, is no more than what we give it. No more than what we give it. So I thank you for this message. As much as it is for me, it's for every one of us. Go back to it. This is just the beginning. Jesus went to the cross and we know the whole story. But this is just the beginning. 
Thank you. Transformation. He didn't say change. 
Because a butterfly cannot go back to being a caterpillar. That's right. Amen. Amen. That word transform is a metamorphosis. And, yes. and so what he's talking about is you being transformed, but it happens by renewing your mind. Yes. And so and so the beautiful rendition about all this was that I saw the transformation even in his marriage. He talked about who he was. He talked about him going through a, 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 a battle of dealing with alcohol and coming out the other side. And he said he was married for 27 years. But he gave up alcohol 16 years ago. Which means his wife had to endure 11 years of him not being who he is. Oh, y'all got to catch this in the spirit. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. She stood for 11 years. They were in church, Calvary, for 20 years. So for four years, she sat here in church, but covered her husband. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't, don't understand what I saw in the spirit. She didn't uncover him. She didn't expose him. She covered him. I don't know what you're going through today, but maybe you just need covering until you're fully transformed. If anyone can use a little bit of covering until you're fully transformed, just raise your hand. Just if you need some covering. I see it. I see one hand. Okay, I see another hand right there. I see another hand in the back. Okay, waving their hand now. If you need to, just stand on your feet. You don't need to come to the altar. Just say, I need to be covered until I come completely through. Just stand up. Just stand up. I see another one standing 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 up. Hallelujah. Just want to pray for you right where you are. Because we don't want you to walk out uncovered. You may not be at the complete stage. You might still be in that lava stage of the monarch. You know, you have to go through that transformation. But you got to work yourself out of your own cocoon. Yes. Do you know if you open up the cocoon for the butterfly, yes. the lifespan shortens. Yes. So true. If you will help out nature, you destroy the process. You may want the apostle to bring you through. You may want someone to bring you through. But if they help you out the process, it may shorten your journey and your lifespan. pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, those hands lifted here, those hands lifted online. If that's you online, say, I, 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 I'm going through, but I want to be transformed. Just say, that's me online. And Lord, we send the prayers right now that the anointing of the Spirit of the living God, according, according to the word that was planted in the seed of the heart, Father, will manifest, Father, and produce according to the anointing that you have uh, allowed this word to you. Your word is anointing in and of itself, and your word and your spirit together bring forth life. Lord, I call for an anointing that brings forth a Zoe, a lifespan that brings them out of their cocoon, transformed into the process of their complete nature, and they begin to see themselves as you already designed and ordained them to be, Father. Bless them where they are. Hands lifted up. Bless them right now, Father. That they will receive it, Father. 
We're talking about a born-again believer already, born from above but not fully transformed. Father, creating them a clean heart, renewing them a right spirit. Transform them, Father, by the renewing of their mind that they may not prove, they will prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And Lord, I come against every distracting spirit that will try to get them off track. That will try to cause them to shrink back into what you have not called them to be. Let them press toward the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus concerning them. Let them apprehend that for which they have been apprehended, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I got one other special. You can take your seats, just receive that in Jesus' name. I got one other special announcement. It's very important. And without this announcement, this service is not complete. Without this announcement, this service means nothing. Without this announcement, we are missing the mark. Amen. Amen. There may be someone here who doesn't know God. But is still on the outside looking in. You need to understand that coming to service, coming to church, doesn't give you the certificate, validation of being born again. There is a seal that is sealed upon your head when you make the decision of recognizing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. No one can take that seal away. That's only two entities that determine that outcome. God who sent his only begotten son for your soul. That's the first act. God the Father and God the Son worked in concert. That's the first entity, God. The second entity is not the apostle, not the pastor, not the minister, not the deacon, not your husband, not your wife, not your son, not your daughter, not your brother, not your sister, not your mother, not your father. They do not control this situation right here. There is only one that controls this situation right here. God is the first of the contract. The second is you. If you do not make that decision for your life and ultimately for your soul, I don't care who you think you can know in church to get access. This is not based on who you know. It's based on God and you. And perhaps everything you heard today just, just didn't make any sense. I'm going to tell you why it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense because you cannot get access to this understanding without having the Spirit of God coming on the inside of you and bringing you into an understanding and awareness of who he is. But it's a simple fact. We all were born in sin. And because we were born in sin, we can't go to the cross for our sin. God needed someone to take on that responsibility. Yeah. He did with his son. Yeah. And as his son came in, we're able to come into our relationship with God. And for the first time ever, you can say, our Father, who art in heaven. Yes. The only way you can really say that and it be actually impactful is by making Jesus Christ your Savior. Amen. And your Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's you. 
You may have prayed our Father who art in heaven, but you can't gain access to the Father without the Son. He's the door. He's the way. Now, I'm just talking what the Word of God says. He says there's no other way to come in, Elder, and if you come in any other way, you're coming in like a thief. I am the door. You can't come to this church after hours, pick axe, open the door, and come in and break open in a window and act like you're okay to be here. You're okay to be here right now because open doors are open, the service is here, and you're able to be here. But come in after hours and find out whether or not you're legally trespassing or not. I don't want you to illegally trespass into the kingdom, so that's you. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, not as your mother's savior, not as your father's savior, not as your brother's savior, but as your personal savior, just raise your hand. If that's online, just raise your hand because you need this for yourself. I'm going to give a moment. Do me a favor, man, God, just stop for a second. Because sometimes people use music to move. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior. The only outcome that you have upon death is damnation. Mm. My See? My God. There's no other way. We're not talking religion. We're talking relationship. Amen. Every person who called the believer came the same way. We are all headed to hell. But we made the decision. If that's you, just raise your hand online. See, that's me. And if that's you in this place, raise your hand. And I just want to pray for you and pray with you. That's you online. I'm going to pray for you right now. Repeat this prayer. Say, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I was born in a sin. I'm in need of a Savior. And the only one I can go to is the one that died on the cross with my sin and took that sin into hell and resurrected on the third day. And by his blood, he took the blood of that sacrificial lamb and Spring it on the mercy seat of Christ. And because of that, I can now be saved and call you Father. I receive that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Make me new. Let me no longer be conformed to this world, but be transformed. I first renew my mind. I access in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, Lord, I pray that God would come into your very presence right now, that God would move on your behalf and cause you to come into alignment with his purpose, his plan, and his will for your life.
that he set in motion before you were even born that you're just about to find out. And if that's the case, simply just reach out by sending an email to the church, uh, email info at calvaryny.org. Let them know you just got saved, amen, and we welcome you into the body of Christ. Otherwise, you can also call the church at the number 718-829-5306. Call us tomorrow. We want to hear from you. We thank God for you. Welcome you into the body of Christ. We thank God for the man of God. We pray for him right now that virtue be restored unto your servant, Father, a hundredfold, Father, according to what he poured out, be restored unto him, Father. Bless him indeed, Father. We thank you for everyone seated at your feet today to hear of you, Father. Bless them as we depart from this place, but never from your sanctuary, from your presence, Father. I remember the words of our apostle, Victor Nazario. You're blessed and you're highly favored. Go blessed and be a blessing. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much, man. Hallelujah.